and she said, you know, over COVID, I gained 40 pounds. And I asked her why. And she said for her, she was in California and she actually moved out of California here to Asheville um, because of the lockdowns being so severe for her and her child. She just couldn't handle it. And she lost her job. She couldn't make money. So she was stuck and she had to leave. She told me that her biggest deal was that she thought she was going to die. She had so much fear over the lockdowns and everything that was told to us that she thought that Everyone was going to die like it was the end of the world. Welcome to the Dr. Ashley Show. COVID-19 was so hard for us because it hit on every basic human need. I love Tony Robbins, and if you haven't heard of him, he is a motivational speaker, and he says that it's humans, we have six basic needs, and these needs drive our behaviors. And the first one is certainty, right? We have to have stability and security in our lives. Well, if you think about the pandemic, that went out the window. Our second basic need is that we need to have uncertainty, variety in our life, excitement. And well, I guess you could say that COVID allowed us to have that basic need fulfilled, but it was more of a fear, isolated type of uncertainty, not the one that allowed for variety and excitement in our lives. The third basic need is significance. We need to feel special. We need to be important. And if you think about COVID, and it really kind of stripped away that from us. It made everyone feel the same. We all were wearing masks. You couldn't see our unique faces. We were all just, you know, one of the masses. It, it kind of took away our rights from one area or another. And so that significance, that need was just pulled away from us really quickly. Uh, the fourth need is love and connection. We need to feel connected to one another. We need to feel love. We come from love and light. And if you think about COVID and the lockdowns and six feet distance and isolation, I would say actually for most people, that was the most profound negative impact that COVID had on us as a species. The fifth type of basic need that we have is growth. We need to continue to expand our capabilities to learn new things. And again, with COVID, that stripped that away for a lot of us. It shut down schools. It took work away from us. We lost our jobs. We were stuck at home with nothing to do for many of us, but maybe watch Netflix and scroll through social media. That was all that we could do to expand our capabilities, which actually just did the opposite and drove us down deeper into isolation, despair, and for a lot of us, depression. And then that sixth basic need is contribution. We need to be able to give and for a lot of situations that was taken away, I know as PhD, we were asked before COVID hit to sponsor a lot of different organizations and to go to events. And uh, we continued to sponsor these organizations, but the events didn't happen. And I know a lot of organizations and nonprofits that lost a lot of money because we were shut down and, and just couldn't share and connect and unite with one another. And Obviously, over time, we were able to compensate and overcome and grow through these. And a lot of people leveled up and grew even more out of this despair and this challenge. But initially, for the majority of the population, you can see how it impacted every single basic human need in a negative way. We felt anger and anxiety, fear, loneliness. We had grief and loss of loved ones and jobs. We had high amounts of stress, and this is not a recipe for good health. So as a result, most Americans really struggled with their health. So 
Statistics show that 42% of Americans during COVID gained weight. And get this, the average amount that people gained was 30 pounds per person. That is wild. That is significant. And it wasn't just adults who were negatively impacted by this. Kids from the ages of 5 to 11 shifted from an obesity rate of 19% to 22% throughout COVID. I mean, that is major. And the reason why is because of all these emotions that we felt, because of all of these needs being ripped apart, but also because we were more sedentary, we were having more stress to deal with. And I'll share with you what the hormones do from that regard. More food insecurity, less care that we could get from others, reduced physical activity, and disrupted routines. And so I'm talking about COVID-19 and the pandemic here, but really this all relates to any time you have a shift in routine. Anytime something happens in your life where it shifts up what you're used to doing, where it takes what you're familiar with and pushes you into the unfamiliar. And so in this episode, I want to dive into what to do when you're in a situation where your routine is just thrown out the window and how you can succeed and survive and not just survive, but to grow exponentially and to be able to still drop the weight and keep it off and stay in a healthy place. Because usually when our routines are disrupted, that is when we need our health most significantly, right? And so for most people through COVID, there was emotional eating, um, there was availability to comfort food and all of these aspects that allowed for a significant weight gain. And, and it was funny because I was writing the content for this episode and I was getting my hair cut, actually. And the hairdresser was talking to me, asking me what I did. And I told her that, you know, I, I help people drop weight and I'm on a mission to serve people because I, as a professional ballet dancer, I came from an area where I always struggled with my weight. I could never achieve where I needed to be. I was told I was fat countless times despite restricting calories and exercising a ton. I was never where I needed to be. And now I'm on this mission to serve people, to help them transform their lives and give back to community. I want to help those who want to be involved with their kids and their grandkids and not be on some experimental drug for brain degeneration. You know, type three diabetes is, is called Alzheimer's disease now. So they, they go hand in hand. So I was talking to her about my mission, what I do. And she said, you know, over COVID, I gained 40 pounds and I asked her why. And she said for her, she was in California and she actually moved out of California here to Asheville um, because of the lockdowns being so severe for her and her child. She just couldn't handle it and she lost her job. She couldn't make money. So she was stuck and she had to leave. She told me that her biggest deal was that she thought she was going to die. She had so much fear over the lockdowns and everything that was told to us that she thought that everyone was going to die, like it was the end of the world. And I'm sure she's not alone. And so she decided that if she knew she was going to die, she loves to eat so much that that's what she was going to do. And so she drank more. She ate whatever she wanted. She was just enjoying that part of her life because she didn't have anything else to enjoy. And she felt disconnected from everyone who she loved and her job and, and all of those things. And so as a result, she put on 45 pounds and and she just keeps putting it off. She says, I'll start tomorrow. I'll start tomorrow. So I told her that the universe sent me to sit in her chair and tell her that she needed to get started today. So I hope she did. I, I gave her my book, Five Steps to Reset the Scale. And I'm excited to follow up because I know that she can make this change. She wants to. And you can too. So if you've struggled from weight due to a shift in your routine or due to COVID, just like a lot of people, I want you to know that you're not alone. And 
And I actually came up with um, some stories of clients who we worked with, and I just want to share them with you so that you do know that if you've struggled with it or you know someone who has, that it, it's not really unique. So we had um, Karen, and she came in, and she said that the habits crept in, and she started to drink earlier in the day since she was home, and she would drink more frequently and she developed these new unhealthy habits. So she came in and she let us help her establish different habits, different lifestyle tactics and practice those and be held accountable. And she's dropped significant weight and kept it off. Uh, Diane came in and she said she got COVID and she was really sick and she gained weight during that time due to comfort foods and just fear of what's going to happen. And she just uh, kind of drowned her emotions in that comfort food. And she said that we just changed her habits completely and improved her lifestyle. She's done a 180. And she just feels so great with new lifestyle habits and the confidence and faith, belief in herself that she can make this change. Sarah came in and she said she definitely gained weight during the shutdown and it strained her mental health. And the mindset training that we do at PhD really helped her along with the nutrition education. So she's down significant weight quickly and kept it off. And then Benjamin said that he got COVID and he lost weight initially, but then put on a ton of weight just from being isolated and not feeling good after having COVID. And he said that now that he's dropped the weight, he can breathe a lot better and feel so much better. Um, Kathleen said that she had breathing problems also after COVID. So you can see that some of the impact was associated with COVID and how it impacted our basic needs as humans. And then for others, they got COVID, it impacted their physical health. And then as a result of that, they also put on the weight just like Kathleen did. Kathleen said she believes that it's the foods that she eats with PhD, not just dropping the weight, but the anti-inflammatory type of diet that has allowed her to breathe and think and even smell better. And then for Deborah, she came in and she said that the effects from COVID were social and mental for her. And her biggest struggle was the isolation. She said that we've been her lifesaver by teaching her how to eat and think about food, that she's completely eliminated diabetic and blood pressure medications, which I absolutely love. That's a huge deal. Uh, Dina said that she came in and felt isolated and disconnected, and she thinks that the accountability through PhD was the biggest help for her, that she thinks totally differently about food now. And then Tim said that he actually lost his wife to COVID. It was so stressful. He gained significant weight, and he said that PhD has just been the biggest help in just coaching, and, and he loves the videos and the support and the community that we're able to provide him, especially during that terrible time that he had losing a loved one. So you can see how COVID just impacts us in all of these different ways. And I want to provide you with some tips today on how to get through these routine shifts and recognize what the triggers might be and bring awareness to them so that you can overcome them. The first thing to be aware of when you go through anything that shifts up your routine is emotional eating because that can come to play. And you saw how this came to play with a lot of the clients that we see at PhD. When you eat emotionally, it means that you're eating not as a result of hunger, which is why we should eat. Ultimately, we need to eat to fuel our body, and that should be the main reason why we eat. But we turn to food for comfort. Um, we turn to food to help us cope for our emotions. And the stress and uncertainty increases emotional eating, and the stress and uncertainty increases when we get knocked out of our routine. So we rely on food to manage emotions, and that's not healthy. And so that's mainly what we do at PhD, actually, is we understand that 80% of any change comes from the mind. 
the mental, emotional habits, behaviors. And so every week when we see our clients, we work on that behavior change and we tackle those emotional eating aspects and triggers. And so if you are struggling with your weight, I encourage you to get support and not think that you need to do this on your own. No matter what it is, get an accountability partner or a support person to help you so that when you get these triggers and you have episodes of emotional eating, you can help to grow out of them and grow out of them quickly so you don't get locked back into your old habits and behaviors that might lead to this significant weight gain as an example. So the number one thing that you can do when you're struggling from emotional eating is to identify the triggers. Is it stress? Is it boredom? Is it loneliness? What are those triggers that are diving you and driving you into eating the foods that aren't serving you? The first step is having an awareness because once you have an awareness toward it, then you can have a different response as a result. The next thing is to establish that different result. So I've said this in previous episodes, but nature abhors a vacuum. If you just remove the old habit, the old bad habit, and you don't replace it with something else, then that old habit is going to come back in a rage the minute you get knocked off of your routine. So you want to make sure that you put in a different habit instead. Let's say your boss sends you a really stressful email and it makes you dive down into these thoughts and you get pretty stressed out. And as a result, your normal habit is to go grab a piece of chocolate that might be sitting on your desk or maybe you go to the vending machine or maybe you leave and you go grab a coffee and you get a cookie with it or something. You know, what I'm getting at is that there's usually a habit as a result of this emotional trigger. And so instead of just saying, gosh darn it, I'm going cold turkey, I'm not doing any of that anymore, you need to find a substitute. And a healthy substitute might be getting up, going outside, and going for a five-minute walk. Um, You could give someone who you care about, who you love, a call and talk to them. You could play music. I can change your state and, and go for a walk. If it's something that you really need to put in your mouth, maybe it's some bubbly water and you get some cold bubbly water, you put it in a special glass, you put it in a cup of tea. I don't know. If you have any habits that you associate with an emotional response that you've shifted away from an unhealthy habit, toward a healthier one, share it in the comments below because we can all learn from one another as a community here. Mindful eating is another tactic. So when you're mindfully eating, before you go and have a bite of anything, you are thinking to yourself, how is this food making me stronger? What is this food doing for me? What is it giving to me? And if the answer is, oh gosh, it's not really making me stronger, it's just to help me cope, then you know that it's not time to eat and you know that it's not a food that you need to be eating. So ideally, the food that you eat is fueling your body, not your emotions. Ask yourself, is it true hunger? Savor each bite, the texture, the taste, the feel, so each bite matters. Mindfully eating means not eating when you're preoccupied with something else. So not eating in front of the TV, not eating while you're reading, but sitting there and looking at the food and enjoying the taste, the texture, the feel of it. Drop the fork between bites. So rather than just plowing the food in your mouth and not stopping until it's gone, enjoy it by putting your fork down between each single bite and then making sure you have a support system. As you can see, the people who have overcome the struggles that came alongside COVID-19 and and the weight gain and the shift in routine had a support system of buddy to help them get through and break through those old habits and behaviors. Understanding that stress and related changes associated with it not only disrupt your routines, but also your body chemistry and the hormones that are in your body. So here's an example. When you're stressed out, there are two types of stress. There's 
acute stress and there's chronic stress. The acute stress is the good type of stress. And I think I experience this every morning trying to get my kids out of the door. This is the type of stress where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm running a little bit late. Uh, I need to move a little bit faster to get them to school or camp on time, whatever it might be. That's a, a good productive type of stress. But the chronic stress is the stress that you have all the time. It might be underlying your job that you do every day. It could be underlying your finances or when we went through the pandemic, all of those basic needs that just were shattered, that caused a chronic level of stress. And when you have chronic stress, hormones shift in the body. One particular hormone is cortisol. And cortisol is the stress hormone. You've probably heard about it. And it does a doozy on the body. It can cause chronic fatigue. It can impact your adrenals. It also impacts where you store fat. It actually has fat cells mobilize and move to go more toward the belly fat. You store more of this visceral fat, this belly fat. And remember that this belly fat is like a tumor and it secretes hormones that make you hungry, that make you crave, that slow your metabolism. So you do not want to have this belly fat. And if you have elevated levels of cortisol for long periods of time, you're going to find that it drives the fat specifically into the belly. And then it also creates a cascade of events that promotes fat to be stored in the fat cell. Triglycerides are what they call it. Promote triglycerides to push into the fat cell to be stored. And it creates a cascade that doesn't allow those triglycerides, those fat cells to be released, to be burned as fat. So basically, it pushes more fat to be stored and doesn't allow the fat to be released to be burned. So it's encouraging fat storage for a lot of people. So if you find that you gain weight during stress, it's because you're experiencing that hormonal cascade, especially if you have high levels of insulin in your body and you have cortisol, that is a really, really bad combination because it does push fat into the cell and it locks it in there so you can't burn it. What's interesting is if you have low levels of insulin and high cortisol, then it actually can kind of work as the opposite and it opens up the fat and allows the fat to come out so that you can burn it. And that's what happens when people actually lose weight when they get stressed um, is because of that type of shift. So it really does act in the body in different ways in different people. Remember that, that you're likely to have elevated insulin levels in the body if you're eating above your carbohydrate tolerance level. If you're eating high carby foods like breads and pastas and grains and starchy veggies, lots of fruits and juices, not saying that fruit is bad, but just high levels of it, bananas and mangoes and tropical fruits might have a propensity to have more sugar and spike glucose, then you're going to have a higher level of insulin in there. If you're diabetic or pre-diabetic, then it's likely you're going to have more insulin. So when you have a chronically uh, elevated stress level and more cortisol, then that's that perfect storm to promote fat storage. I hope that that made sense. So number one is you want to have some stress management tactics, which we talked about. Walking outside, meditation, journaling, prayer, whatever that might be to help reduce your stress getting a support system, talking to someone who you love, getting connected with those people and relationships are important. In general, more tips to help you overcome the stress-related changes and changes in routines would be having self-compassion, understanding that setbacks are okay. So I had a client who explained it in a perfect way. And he said, if you make a mistake, you eat something off plan, you, you do something that just isn't supportive of your lifestyle, it's okay. You don't keep going down the wrong direction. He said, it's like driving. 
And if you make a mistake, you make a wrong turn, you're going to make a U-turn immediately, right? Like you go up and over the medium and you might even get caught and get a ticket, but you're committed to making that U-turn and going back the right direction. That's how you want to be with your diet, with your lifestyle. If you eat something from the bread basket, and let's say that's not on your meal plan, you're not going to say, oh my gosh, I just ate that. I might as well eat the nachos and the beer and the cheesecake too, because I ruined it. I'm just going to start tomorrow. That's not the right self-compassion for yourself. That's not going to be a good thought process to have. So instead you're going to be like, oh, I did that. Who cares? I learned from it. Wasn't that great anyway. I'm going to turn it around right now and get back on track. Understand that progress isn't linear. You're going to have little setbacks. That's part of it. The, the challenge is where the beauty and the magic happens. And then set realistic goals for yourself. Instead of saying, you know, I'm going to drop 30 pounds in a month, it's going to be something that is actually feasible so that you can stack wins and celebrate those wins. Establish a flexible routine. Do whatever you can in this uncertain state to have some kind of routine there. Control what you can control. So maybe you can control your mealtimes. Maybe you can schedule physical activity like getting out and going for a walk. Maybe you can schedule when you go to bed and wake up and then know that it's going to be flexible. So you adjust it when needed, even if it's day to day. The night before you wake up and you say, okay, this is what I'm aiming for as to when I'm going to eat and what I'm going to do. And then know if it's not perfect, you have that self-compaction and you make that U-turn right away if something happens where it's not perfect. And then make sure that you're not doing it on your own. You've got a therapist or a nutritionist, a counselor, a support group, something. And then awareness is key. And so I always suggest weighing yourself once a week when it comes to weight loss or weight loss maintenance specifically. So don't weigh yourself every day. I think it causes needless anxiety. It's not necessary. We never advise that at PhD. But getting on there once a week, because if you think about it, if you did gain weight over the pandemic or during an episode where your routine was pushed to the side, Think about if you weighed yourself once a week, you would catch that five pound gain. You would catch that 30 pound gain and be aware that it's really the first 10 pounds that you put on that shifts the way your metabolism work. It is the root of the issue. And after that first 10 pounds comes on, the rest comes on like a flash and it happens so quickly. It builds in the belly, that visceral fat, and then you just start to continue to accumulate it quicker and quicker. The fatter it gets, the more quickly it continues to grow. So understanding the importance of having that weekly routine of hopping on the scale and just monitoring yourself is very important. So I hope that you loved this episode and that it helped you to establish some techniques that you can utilize when your routine is just thrown out the window completely. Please leave your feedback, any comments. I'm going to be doing a Q&A where I just answer any kind of questions that you have. And so please drop your questions in the comments below if you're watching this on YouTube. If you are listening to this on a podcast platform, please leave a review, subscribe, and maybe go over to YouTube or check out my Instagram links or Facebook links and you can leave any kind of questions that you might have and I will do an episode on that. You know, I'm always kind of guessing on what these episodes should be on. I'd love to hear from you and really tackle the questions that you have to be able to serve you most significantly. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and remember that you've got to step up to make the change. Lead with your heart, train your mind, and do not negotiate with your body. I'll see you on the next episode.